welcome everybody to Mind in America. Today's guest is George Byers with a vast amount of experience in Wyoming and New Mexico and uranium and rare earths. And we're talking about mining in Wyoming and his experiences on September 11th. Welcome, George. You're quite welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Janet, for the invite. Now, for for the benefit of, of um, people listening, um, George Byers in the mining industry a long time. Um, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, uh, a long time uh, means since uh, 1976, um, after graduate school, um, and before that, um, some time in the U.S. Army as an infantry officer, um, we ended up with the U.S. Bureau of Land Management, the BLM, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. At that time, the uh, as opposed to today, the uh, U.S. government thought coal was a, was a fine thing. Um, the government had identified uh, 12 coal regions within the United States that they were going to focus on uh, maximizing coal production, uh, coal-fired power, building railroads. Uh, and uh, one of those regions was just south of Eugene in the San Juan Basin of Northwest New Mexico. So the Albuquerque uh, office of the Bureau of Land Management was responsible for that. And I was kind of the first person on board uh, we ended up with a 26-person team to do uh, uh, actually a gigantic uh, multi-volume environmental impact statement that encompassed 12 coal mines, a railroad, and a power plant. And as opposed to today, we did all that in less than two years. Wow. Uh, it, it would take centuries today uh, with, with all the litigation and, and issues that have developed with um, opposition to the NEPA process and to coal mining and so forth. <clears throat> but uh, we, we got it done um, shortly. Uh, at that time, I one of the companies involved uh, was Public Service Company of New Mexico, uh, has this big San Juan generating station there west of Farmington. Uh, they also had federal coal leases at San Juan and, and then south of there, about 35 miles south of Farmington, along the Fruitland Formation. Um, I ended up going to work for them. Uh, my job was uh, coal mine permitting, um, as well as just interaction with, uh, with the state government and the federal government. Uh, I was with PNM for three years and then Santa Fe Pacific hired me also to do coal mine permitting, and Santa Fe, uh, most people are familiar with the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe Railway, uh, the, rail, the railroad of legend, um, but uh, across the southern tier of the, of the United States from uh, Kansas City, basically, to, uh, to Los Angeles, uh, the predecessor to the uh, Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe was a company called Santa Fe Pacific, uh, railroad company and the government, as was its custom to encourage development of the American West, granted the railroads, uh, the Southern Pacific, Santa Fe Pacific, the Union Pacific, the Northern Pacific, 
it granted those those major railroads alternate square miles or alternate sections of land on either side of the railroad. Uh, the idea being the railroad would then sell those sections of land off or maybe uh, lease or mine the minerals or the or harvest the timber, whatever that was on those lands in order to pay for the railroad construction. So Santa Fe had the Southern tier and it basically where the land grant began was Albuquerque and it extended uh, to Kingman, Arizona, uh, well, to uh, Needles, Arizona on the Colorado River. So Santa Fe had originally had um, I don't, I think about 14 million acres. Uh, they had sold a lot of it off, but, but kept much of it. And uh, we still had about four and a half million uh, between Santa Fe and, and Needles. Um, and uh, we were going to develop a, uh, and we did successfully develop and build a railroad to it um, in the San Juan Basin, northwest of Grants, New Mexico called the Lee Ranch Mine. Um, and the Lee Ranch Mine, uh, we successfully permitted it and um, got the railroad built. Uh, there was some adventure involved with that. Um, and uh, that mine operated. Santa Fe ultimately did an exchange, an asset exchange with the parent company of Peabody Energy. Peabody ended up uh, operating the mine until I think Lee Ranch has just shut down in the last couple of years, but it, it mined over 300 million tons of coal and employed uh, about 310 uh, people in the Grants, New Mexico area uh, over that time. So, and what, what timeline was that from what years? Um, well, they began the, they had begun the, the exploration. Santa Fe had made a decision they looked at the uh, success of the Union Pacific and the Northern Pacific with, with coal and oil and gas and um, uranium uh, mm -hmm. on their properties, on their land grants and in Montana and in Wyoming principally. So they took a look and said, we've got a lot of uranium here. The original uranium discovery uh, was made on Santa Fe land just west of Grants, New Mexico by, by the Navajo Patty Martinez uh, back around 1950. So they said, if uh, that can happen and other people are now mining it, let's do it ourselves. So uh, they had begun doing coal exploration in the early 1970s. They realized by 76 or seven that uh, we have a uh, commercial coal deposit here. The problem was it was on that checkerboard land pattern um, and uh, but we got the mine permitted coal mining and, and mine construction the silos and everything else uh, the railroad got built and first coal was delivered in 1980 uh, spring of 84. Wow. so but we had to also consolidate that land pattern to employ a dragline operation which is much more economical Mm -hmm. uh, you don't leave coal in the ground. You get it all. You get all of the resource that way. So we um, we engaged with a a large land uh, and coal property exchange with the federal government that took place between uh, beginning about eighty three, and it was concluded in nineteen 
1988, I believe, uh, the federal government ended up with a very large uh, leasable tract of, of solid federal coal, which Santa Fe and Peabody later leased from the federal government and mine. Santa Fe ended up with two uh, large contiguous tracts of private coal, which, which we also mined. So that, that helped, uh, that land exchange uh, did two things. It helped create uh, a very long life coal mine. And it ex as part of the exchange, uh, we were asked to include some additional Santa Fe lands surrounding Chaco, at that time, Chaco Canyon National Monument. Um, and it expanded Chaco considerably. Uh, it is now known as Chaco Culture National Historical Park. Uh, so they were able, we were able to help the federal government protect some very world-class uh, uh, prehistoric ruins, um, Anasazi ruins in the San Juan Basin as well as uh, put 310 people to work for about 30 years. Now, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the 300 plus people that you employed. Um, a lot of these people were out-of-work uranium miners that you turned into coal miners, correct? Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, we were, unfortunately for the uranium industry, it had uh, suddenly uh, begun to lose a great number of employees after the Chernobyl incident in Ukraine. Um, and we were just about to begin hiring. And we found ourselves uh, blessed with uh, an, an abundance of incredibly talented people who liked living in that region and they wanted to stay there. Um, and in order to avoid some claims of favoritism, we actually worked with the uh, New Mexico Department of Human Resources and uh, we allowed them to do the initial screening of employees. And um, so we wouldn't be charged with favoritism or anything. And they gave us the top three, and then we interviewed those for, for just dozens and dozens of positions, everything from uh, electricians to equipment operators, um, you, you name it. Uh, we, we ended up uh, with a tremendous workforce. Amazing. And, and I, I, I don't think there's, I often say that the mining or extraction industry is, is not, a, not very good at marketing because they don't, promote the value that and the wealth creation that they they create in rural America but exactly what you did well the other thing that people overlook with mining and, and maybe any natural resource uh, has to do with just the 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 pay grades that miners can can achieve and uh, the term, uh, we used was uh, family wage uh, employment. In other words, uh, one one lady or one gentleman could come to work for us and the other spouse could stay home and raise the family. Uh, this wasn't uh, uh, a type of a job where two people had to struggle uh, yeah. with, with two separate incomes. One person could, could do a very good job of supporting a family on one minor's or one maintenance guy, or one uh, dragline operator's job, uh, and that's 
that's what's so neat about the mining industry, no matter what commodity you're talking about. Mm -hmm. We have family wage jobs in rural America. I love it. And, and, and there are some, you know, I, I, it frustrates me to see us farm out all our resource production to third world countries, underdeveloped countries, when, when I know we do it right here and I know we create jobs and it just, I, 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 I love what you did. I really do. And, and I think you said it perfectly. Well, this the, you you'll see this uh, when you go to Mine Expo uh, or when you go to PDA in Toronto. Um, you will see, uh, in, in addition to uh, people with uh, uh, equipment or or uh, software packages uh, to sell to the industry, uh, you will have companies there. You will have you'll have a booth from Ecuador. You'll have a booth from from Angola. You'll have a booth from Namibia. Uh, they want they want the mining industry because they understand that uh, you guys you, you pay very well you train very well you're very safe mm -hmm. um, and and not only that you bring a great deal of capital investment into our country and we need all this yeah. and there and we understand in, in our in our little countries spread around the world uh, what that type of spinoff can mean. Uh, it just grows and grows and grows. So we want the mining industry there, and it's too bad that the uh, that America right now has lost uh, that type of uh, vision. Yeah. And uh, more and more, our industrial, our mining production uh, is uh, drifting overseas. Yeah, and, and 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 the argument that you know they they use often is looking back at what the mining industry was 50, 60 years ago, a hundred years ago. There's absolutely no comparison anymore. No, it, it's, it's, it's a much, much different thing. And, and I would, I would venture that, uh, well, I, I know this for a fact, the, the mining industry in New Mexico, um, coal is, coal is going down. Uranium is essentially all gone. Um, the, the major mining in New Mexico today uh, aside from sand and gravel operations, is copper in the southwest and uh, potash in the southeast. Yeah. So that's that's where the focus is in New Mexico today. And meanwhile, uranium resources in New Mexico are uh, the I've been told the, the the best in the country. Um, in terms of pounds in the ground, I think uh, Wyoming and uh, New Mexico arm wrestle uh, all the time about who's got the most. Um, and um, it, it's, it's a few pounds either way, uh, depending on who, who is counting it. But both of those states are at the very top. Um, the state you may know better right now is, is Texas. Texas is probably in third place. And um, but New Mexico is right there. You used to have a number of uranium mills. In fact, America used to had used to have twenty six operating uranium uh, mills uh, milling mm. conventionally mined ore. Uh, we've gone from twenty six mills to one today, and that's Energy Fuels White Mesa Mill in Blanding, Utah. Mm -hmm. So we've gone from twenty six to one. So when you have four percent of your original industrial base, that's not a good thing. Yeah. What drew you to the mining industry? 
uh, it, well, it was just an opportunity. I had, I had, uh, I'm surprised I didn't end up in oil and gas, but I ended up in mining instead. Uh, but it was just, um, I, I liked the American West, even though I'd grown up in North Mississippi. My, my parents traveled a lot uh, in the summers. My, my dad was able to do that, uh, had family out West. And when I first came out, um, I, I loved it out, out here and uh, said, this is where I'm going to be. Yeah. So it was uh, just the opportunity and, and here I am. I, I understand the love of the American West. I, I grew, grew up in Canada and I thought my dream was to either live in Colorado, Wyoming, or Texas. So I, I feel like I, I live in two of those states. I work in three of those states. I, I, I'm pretty much there, I think. Well, yeah, and I've been able to work in, I have not, I have, it's easier to list the states I have not worked in west of the 100th meridian. And uh, I, that is, even though I live here in Idaho, I have never had to work on a project in Idaho and I've never worked on a project in Oregon or in Hawaii, but every other state, including Alaska, uh, I've been involved with projects, uh, including in Texas as well.